With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Pirate Rugby Pod. Today we're going to chat about the big rugby news of the week, discuss the top 14 broadcasting rights and as always we'll have a look at tier two news and results and look ahead to the rugby coming up on tv this weekend we'd also like to say a big hello to all our new subscribers and say a huge thank you for the great reaction we've had to our uh, to last week's deep dive on fiji if this is your first video uh, you can come here every week to get the latest rugby tier two and broadcast news as well as a closer look at a different topic each week if you like the sound of that please hit the like button and subscribe and please share and if you want even more Pirate Rugby, follow us on Twitter to get updates on all the obscure games from across the globe, or head over to our Substack to get long-form written content as well to links to rugby highlights and more. So I'm just going to show the people our Substack because I think some people might not be aware of what it is. So shout me, mate, when you can see my screen. You should be able to see your own face briefly. Yeah, it's coming up now. That's what I look like. Oh no. Okay, can you see? Still coming through. Bear with us, folks. We promise this will be worth it. There we go. Okay, so this is Substack. So the Substack is like a blog slash website. So it's where we post all of our content. We love it as a platform. So uh, if you guys sign up here, all you do is put your email in, it's completely free. Then every bit of content that we drop, you will get to your inbox and you can read it um, just like this. I'll show you an email here. Uh, so this is what it looks like if it comes through to your email and you just get it all as like a newsletter um, for yourselves. And you can see everything we put here. So what I'm showing you here is the database that we dropped on Samoa uh, today, supporting our pod that we did with Kalen over on his channel. Shout out Kalen. Um, we've got another one on Tonga that went up today. Um, one of the other things that we do is for all of the tier two international games, we collate uh, all of the highlights on YouTube, put them all in one place, and then we send them out to all of our subscribers. So if you want to go a one-stop shop for all of your 
rugby tier two highlights, um, which can be a bugger to find, uh, come to us and we'll sort them out for you. You've also got Enders TV guides. You've got episodes of the podcast. And then the Fiji deep dive that we did last week uh, is all on there as well. So that's for you guys to go on. You can read it in your own time. It goes into a bit more detail. It's a bit more, uh, less, let's say, on the edge as uh, the actual podcast itself is. Um, and you can read it, share it with your mates, anybody who might like it, or refer back to it um, when you're in the pub and you need to impress people with how much you know about rugby. Uh, so that's that. So, yeah, head on over there, guys. It's completely free uh, and you won't regret it, I promise you. Okay, mate. So let's move on to our rugby moment of the week then. So what was your rugby moment of the week? My rugby moment has to be the decision by World Rugby to appeal the, the Farrell decision. Like it's it, it's a probably a predictable one for me if anyone has been listening to me lately. We were all outraged, probably quite rightly, that you know it looked like Farrell wasn't going to be banned, and the red card was rescinded. But thankfully, and again, this is nothing. And we'll get onto it later. This is nothing against Farrell himself. This is just for me, just a great decision by World Rugby to to take a stand and like i think obviously the entire world for me is watching um this space and the, like judging by the reaction from from yeah from not just the rugby space but from, from major news outlets like everybody who i know who knows anything even a, a small bit about rugby they, they brought this issue up and they couldn't believe it and it's such a bad look because all these same people know the the horrible stories about what some people in their early 40s or former players, what they're going through uh, because of brain injuries that they picked up in rugby. So I think this was a really important decision by World Rugby um, to make the decision to to appeal. Uh, and obviously we saw today that Farrell has been given a four match ban, which I think is it, it's the right decision. It's, it's you know, if, if it does anything for me, it just sets the right tone now going forward that, you know, if, if you do make these high hits, you will be you will get a ban. And I think that's that's the right decision. So for me, that was that was great to see. And um, despite all the upwards, despite all of the controversy, we've come to it to a good decision now. Um, I think. And uh, what about you? Hopefully, you have a bit more of a, an uplifting moment of the week, do you? Yeah. So my more upload, uh, uplifting moment of the week, as I share my screen again, so all the people at home can be uplifted by it as well. Um, Shout what you can see, mate. So, um, the uh, we've there been we watching go. NPC. Uh, every week now that it's on uh, and there was a hell of a game um, last week on Friday morning I think it was or might have been Saturday morning uh, between uh, Northland and uh, or it might have been North Harbour apologies people if I get whichever one it was versus Tasman and it was a fantastic win for the home team but then the mascots just decided to come and creep on the guy doing the interview so this chap here is trying to his best to give a serious interview and he does it deadpan all the way through this is it a is it a crocodile or a dragon? Do we think? Not a crocodile. It's both. I reckon it's both. It's both. Okay. It's whatever you want it to be. This mascot stood there like that for the whole interview for like four minutes, just like he is in this guy's personal space. I think that tongue might be touching his shoulder. Fair play to you, man. He doesn't blink. He doesn't break a smile. All the interviewer, the interviewer doesn't doesn't make it. Doesn't flinch at all either. Just keeps on asking the questions. So, so what did you think of the driving mall, et cetera, et cetera, with your your little mascot here, um, giving thumbs up in the background and things. So, you know, the lighter side of things, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, that was my moment of the week. 
Yeah, we'll take it. So I guess we have to, to move on to the big news of the week. And we have to start with the, the bands, I suppose, don't we? I know I've yeah. kind of touched on it there in my opening. What are your thoughts on, on Bonapola? He's obviously, you know, got a three game ban essentially, and it's been it's gonna it's gonna come down to two. Because I'm sure he'll attend uh, tackle school. Does tackle school not have a term then? So obviously, like we call them terms in the UK. I don't know what they call them semesters, maybe elsewhere in the world. Uh, it's currently summer holidays in the UK, so surely tackle school is off, and he's got to wait till September to go and do it, or maybe not. Yeah, well, maybe, looks they like... uh, maybe they organise a separate school for him. I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, starts at six weeks, down to three because he's. A nice guy, and then down to two for doing the school. He's a good record as well. He's got a good disciplinary record. He does have a good record. Them as well. He, he does yeah. have a good record. It, it's it's not the kind of you know we can it's based on what we've seen from the rugby disciplinary process. It's correct. Uh, it, the process is what I would like to change more than this actual ban. Um, simply for Farrell, uh, so Farrell's four week ban is the same length as his previous ban, uh, which he got last time. My understanding was that you should your ban should increase in length each time. Obviously, that hasn't happened. And they've also backdated it for a game that's in the past. So he only actually misses three games. To be honest, I don't really have the energy to quibble with that too much after the whole drama from last week. I think the important thing is that he, he got a ban. Um, yeah. Like I say, I'd like to see the rugby disciplinary process completely overhauled, as I think we all would. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of where I am on it. What I want to ask you, though, mate, is that towards the end of last week, we saw multiple pundits. So we saw all the BT pundits, uh, Delalio, uh, Hugo Monia, um, uh, Austin Healy. And then we over the weekend, we've seen more people, Nigel Owens, Jonathan Davis. Uh, I think I've seen... Uh, well, a couple of the, the written journalists as well come out and say, or Jim Hamilton on the on the um, rugby pod as well, come out and say, uh, the fans are completely um, out of order with how they've reacted to this. The fans, uh, the vitriol on social media has just been terrible. People need to think more about Owen Farrell and the, uh, how this is making him feel. And um, it's out of order that people are getting so emotional about this topic. It's, they haven't played the game and they don't know what they're talking about. What is your reaction to seeing the pundits almost in a coordinated attempt to, to switch the narrative and, and make it all about the, the reaction of the fans? I guess I, I, I can see where they're like their angle here, just but for me and my interaction on Twitter and, and from reading the news and from just interacting with people, I haven't seen many attacks on Farrell's character or anything like that i think more people are just they were just shocked at the decision um by the disciplinary committee that's what people were outraged at and people obviously have steve thompson in their heads when when they read these Mm. these articles when they hear this news because we all know that that's the ultimate reason why we want to see stronger punishments and why we want to take these high hits out of the game so for me like that's why I, I thought there was this such a strong reaction but I, I didn't see these personal attacks on him at all I don't I don't really know where all this is coming from maybe there's a yeah maybe there's like there are rabbit holes you can go down on social media but I, I just I I didn't see that 
people certain me people in my timeline like attacking him as a person people were more like the anger was towards the governing bodies and not towards Farrell for me um, and like we, we've said it before when we've spoken about him like he's a he's a fantastic player but like I don't know the fella apparently he's a great lad I've no doubt he is and uh, yeah just I have I wouldn't say anything bad about him I don't not knowing that I interact with says anything bad about him we would just criticize his his tackling and we would criticize more so the governing body for not not taking stronger action I don't know what, what are your thoughts on I was I was a bit taken aback by yeah I just I don't see any yeah, personal attacks I, on him I thought I thought it took the pressure well not took the pressure I thought it felt like an attempt to take the pressure off the game um and it was you know the, you have to remember that the guys in the media their product is the game so if the game is attacked their their potentially their income is is attacked so they're always going to circle wagons uh, we it's not just a rugby thing we see it in the formula 1 as well um whenever the FIA max misses up in the um Formula One, all of the pundits and Sky and things always come to heel and, and protect the sport. So I guess it's not to be um, surprised about. I think I completely agree with you. You know, when I saw Nigel Owens, who's someone I've got unlimited time and respect for, when I saw him tweet, um, rugby fans need to take the emotion out of this situation. And what exactly what you said, how many videos, how many interviews have we seen with the likes of Steve Thompson, Ryan Jones, however many others? where their wives have become their carers when they're in their mid-40s because they've got early onset dementia. And we're shown these every other week. Uh, and it's the way to motivate us, the fans, to care about brain injuries and things. And then we get a, a high tackle happens and we get told stopping emotional about it. It just doesn't sit well with me, I'm, I'm afraid. Um, yeah, so that, that was kind of my take on it, I think. I don't I generally I don't like it when media turns on fans um I think I agree with you I think in all the fan-led um content you know podcasts and things that are out there uh, no one was really attacking Farrell as a person um no no one said anything what he must be like in private or anything it was all about his actions on the playing field and the process that is had the responsibility to discipline him afterwards so I'm completely aligned with you mate that that was it for me. It, it's it was the government authority. Like the the fact that we got to that decision for me was just crazy. It like the barrel obviously caused the whole situation, but like I think rightly so. Like that most of the anger was geared towards the governing bodies. And um, for me, and look, I think what I'd like to discuss more is just what what do we do from here? Like let's forget about like it happened. We are where we are. Concussion rates don't seem to be coming down. So. For me, more needs to be done. And I think this was a perfect example as well um, of why something needs to be done, because it seems you can almost I don't like to use the phrase, but you can almost get away with a high hit like that. Um, whereas if you're from, you know, a tier two nation, you don't have a really good uh, QC or whatnot um, mm. you won't get away with it. So I think like they've got a couple options, like a lot of people have been calling for a complete overhaul. That's one option. And other options just you know, do what they're doing, which is nothing. And we'll, we'll see concussions, uh, the concussion rates not reduced at all. Do we introduce some sort of mandatory minimum, minimum bans for, for red, for red tackle, for red card offenses, um, like this. So we just take a zero tolerance approach. Maybe that's what we need to do to deter players. Um, do we need to ban upright tackles? Do we need to remove, you know, the, yeah. the less kiss rugby league 
you know, mall tackle where if you tackle someone high, you hold them up and, you know, we all love to see it and it's great, but do we need to actually, is that something like a practical measure that we could introduce that will force players to tackle lower? Like we're already forcing players um, to go lower in amateur rugby. Is it something, exactly. obviously, but yeah, I don't know. I just, th- there are so many options, but they, I think this this case has clearly demonstrated that, that we need to do more. I don't know. For, for what it's worth, I actually think that Billy Vanapola's tackle itself was worse than Farrell's, just because Billy's just seen a guy coming towards him and just took the arm and dropped the shoulder into him. I can't, I, the, the reaction that I've seen on that, you know, Farrell's one obviously happened a lot faster. And, you know, I'm not saying that it's okay, but Billy's one was an, an tackle assist and it wasn't even for a line break, it was just in general play. And uh, the reaction I've seen online for that is just, what was going through his head right i can't see what he was trying to do on that one so yeah i think as a as a solitary incident um i think bonapolo's one was worse but i think the context around farrell's one um just is what made that the bigger deal in people's minds yeah and look we we could talk about it all day but i think look we've gotten to a good place now i think in terms of the decision so for, for in both cases, maybe we're not happy with the length, but look, they've been banned, I think, rightly so. So let, let's move on for now, anyway. But but oh, like on reflection, we all know that that more needs to be done. But I think for the sake of our own sanity, we're and probably the listeners as well, people are kind of sick of talking about it at this stage. So what else happened um, the past couple of days in in terms of big rugby news? Uh. I don't know. Wales certainly didn't play any rugby over the weekend. <laughs> Not that I saw anyway. So for those watching along on YouTube, I've got a Wales stop on, but it's in black because I'm in mourning because I've watched my national side take 50 points at home again. So I think we've taken 50 at home three times in three years now. Um, so yeah. I, I've got nothing really to say about this game, mate. I've done a couple of other pods about it. It was a it was a scratch Wales team against the world champions. What can you say? I mean, from a neutral point of view, what, do you take anything from this game? Nope. You just need to put it into perspective. It was not Wales' first team. Um, South Africa were on fire. South Africa have had better preparation for these warm-up games and for the World Cup in general because they're just coming off the back of a, the rugby championship. So, no, like you don't need to read too much into it. And we all know that Wales are going to be highly motivated. They look really fit. I think Warren Gatlin will, will have them in a good place for the World Cup and they'll 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 certainly perform better than that. But yeah, in terms of spectacle, nobody likes to see it. Well, <laughs> I don't know about you, but nobody likes to see a one-sided game like that. I certainly don't. And yeah, you just need to add perspective. It wasn't Wales' first team. Um, South Africa put out a very strong side. And yeah, we'll see better games. But yeah, not, not to read too much into it would be my... Our biggest takeaway. Yeah. So speaking of one-sided affairs, then tell me about uh, England's visit to Dublin. How did that go? Do you know what I thought? I for the first half, I didn't think it was overly like Ireland were obviously, especially overall the better side and overall the better side in the first half as well. But I think England did like it was a better English performance. Like there were less handing errors and. Their handling skills were a bit better in terms of passing his running lines. They did like there were an awful lot of kicks, but it didn't seem to be the same amounts as previous games. But it's still obviously their their number one tactic. 
But for me, yeah, it reminded me of the Six Nations and and England putting Ireland under pressure. Um, and that's yeah, they slowed down like it, it was like we all know about the the celebrations and we've 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 talked about it, how we all kind of get fed up of seeing some of these uh, Saracens players react to the yeah to knock-ons uh, like they've won a game or something. But it's a really good tactic uh, for England. I think that's how you beat Ireland as well. You you just slow down the ruck ball, and and that, it's a really effective. Um, way of beating Ireland I think but yeah and Ireland's I think any other day like in if if Ireland had maybe a game or another game or two under their belts they would have definitely beaten them a lot handier I, I think um, but but for me Ireland were just a bit sloppy just a bit off you could you could tell that it was their only their what second warm-up game of the of the pre of the World Cup warm-up games and I think that that was kind of that was it for me that was the context um, but we did still see a, a pretty strong Irish performance. Um, Mac Hansen, what a baller! He's such a good player. He is going to be starting. Um, I think in, in all the the major games, shall we say, um, of the World Cup, he's you can tell that he's an X10 like that crossfield kick. Um, was magnificent. Um, so yeah, and I thought Ross Byrne overall had had a, a strong game. He wasn't maybe a standout, but he had a strong game. I think which was which is important. Because a lot of people quite rightly have been calling for Crowley to be the, the backup to Sexton. But I think, yeah, it was just another reminder that there is some competition there and that Byrne is he's mm-hmm. he's not a bad player. He's a good he's a good player. Obviously his kicking was a little bit off, but yeah, he's got a strong kicking game. He he can do better than that. But I think it was just good to see him put in a decent performance to keep that pressure on and to keep that uh, competitiveness being himself and, and Crowley. What did you think of the game? Did you did you catch most of it or all of it? So I being the true rugby hipster, I watched Italy versus Romania. Uh, on the other side, which is also being shown by Amazon. No surprise. Uh, we'll be talking about that later. Uh, anybody wondering when we're going to talk about France versus Fiji, we're going to be talking that about that as well in depth later, so stick around. Um, I don't know. I've got a bit of a theory about England's mentality at the moment. Um, I feel like against a Wales away from home or something, they're expected to win. And that's a that's a specific kind of pressure. I think when they go to Ireland, and I think it was the same in the World Cup, you're going away to the number one ranked team in the world. So I think they're thinking, all we have to do is not get beat by a stupid margin. So I think if they get beat by like 15, they're like, ah, it's not so bad. You know, people might have been thinking it was going to be worse. I genuinely think that's how they were thinking the World Cup, uh, sorry, in the Six Nations. after they got 50 off France at home and they were going to Ireland and everyone was saying, oh my God. Um, I genuinely think they went with a mentality of just, keep the score down just keep the score down um and you when you hear the players get interviewed whether it's jamie george or courtney laws or whoever um ben earl himself um they've started adopting this this poor us mentality when they give um you know oh people people just don't like us because we're england or um oh we're the underdogs you know this england don't talk like that england never have talked like that um oh i'm proud of the lads you know we lost but it was a brave performance you know, I think I saw it, it was Alex, I want to say Alex Mitchell, I might have got his name wrong, um, did an article in the Times saying um, England are praising themselves for doing the bare minimum in rugby games at the moment. Um, so, yeah, so I think from my point of view, you know, Wales beat England once, lost to England once, but I think we're a good, a good distance clear of where England are at the moment. Yeah. And Brian Moore touched on a, a piece this week as well. Uh, I think he could be right. Mm. England may not get out of their group. It's a it's a plausible 
scenario for me. I think Argentina are favourites in that game. I, I completely agree. I think Argentina are clear favourites. Um, Brian Moore's piece in the Telegraph, I don't want to make a habit of praising the Telegraph, um, but uh, Brian Moore's uh, piece in the Telegraph was excellent as well. Really well thought out. Yeah, all the things that I thought about England, he managed to articulate it better than I could in my own head. So yeah. shout out Brian Moore. I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening. Right, last bit of news, mate. Bit of fun news now. Yet more Eddie Jones news. So uh, Australia's, I believe, attack coach quit last week. Just for personal reasons. Of personal reasons. Okay. Okay. It's not a good look when Eddie Jones went through uh, assistant coaches like chewing gum when he was at England. Um, but they've brought in enable replacements. Big Steve Hansen, big shag, as we turned out that he is called in New Zealand, uh, is now an assistant coach to Eddie Jones. What did you make of that, mate? Pretty surprised, uh, especially this close to the World Cup. I did not see this one coming. I wonder, is this part of his master plan? Like, was he always on his list? Did he only become available or something? Was he tied up doing something else? Or is this all because of his his other coach leaving the setup on the eve of the World Cup? I, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know if it's... Look, we'll, we'll, only only the results will tell, but I, I don't think it's going to make an enormous difference in terms of performance. I mean, it is the Eddie show. You know, he likes to be the one in charge. Um, And I can't wait till some revelations, some more revelations come out about what's going on behind the scenes and in all you know, with all these teams that he's in charge of, like, what, why are all these, why are all the staff leaving? Attack coaches, physios, all that kind of stuff. Like, why is it? I can't wait to, to read those stories. But yeah, I don't like, it's, it's an interesting one. It certainly caught the headline, but for me, I, it's not, it's not going to make a huge difference. I, I could be proven completely wrong, but I think based on Australia's performance to date, since he took over, he's not going to have much of a difference. What do well, you think? You know, apparently Eddie and Steve are friends. I can't picture right. that in my head somehow, <laughs> but uh, apparently they are. And apparently Steve Hansen's doing it for free and it's a part-time advisory role is what I've read. I don't know what his advice is going to be. He's going to go into the changing room and go, listen, boys, score more points than them and we'll win the game, okay? Uh, I think based on the amount of time that he's in the camp, that's about as much as he can contribute, to be honest. Um I went to the Barbars versus World 15 game and he was on the pitch and there wasn't like, oh, oh my God, that's Steve Hansen. Um, you know, I guess he's got World Cup winning experience both as a head coach in 2015 with arguably the best side rugby union has ever seen um, mm. and also was an assistant to Graham Henry in 2011 as well. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I just wonder how much real impact it's going to be. Yeah, and it's I, the I, timing, I isn't it? He's not going to have enough time, in my opinion, to... Have a significant yeah, impact. I'm like, I'm like you. I can't wait for the stories to come out about this Eddie Jones Australia period. I reckon it's going to be like Wild West stuff. Yeah, there there are some rumors. We won't get into them, but circulating. But I'm sure. Yeah, just can't wait, buddies, to read them. But yeah, he's such a he's such an entertainer. Um, that that clip of him asking journalists to give themselves an uppercut was just like I was actually a little bit like, is he is he all right? And genuinely, but we all know it's Honestly, just an act. I can't, he's, and he's I can't probably just—he's probably fed up as well. Like, a, like the media are harsh, which I can't imagine. Perfectly him entitled in to be. Wales job. Uh, in the Wales job, he'd last about a week. It would be an incredible week, but he'd last about a week because 
you get journalists like Andy Howell and what people from Wales online just going to just like what are you trying to be a smart yeah. ass mate yeah <laughs> yeah like in Wales if we win we get criticized <laughs> so uh, anyway let's move on mate that's enough Eddie Jones chat so where are we going next so it's going to be tier two chat in a bit but first we're going to do our weekly deep dive so for our new listeners this is our weekly section where we jump head first into a potentially murky rugby topic something that you might not know much about and we hope to enlighten you so Ender you're going to enlighten us this week and it's going to be all about how to watch the French top 14. Yeah look it's you know it's not maybe especially for our new Fiji listeners you guys can skip through this section probably a lot of Fijians and, in the top 14. But yeah, it's it's just a topic. It's it's a reason why I started my Twitter account was just to make it easier for people to watch more rugby. And like the top 14 started this this past weekend and there wasn't much chat about it, I didn't think. Um, Obviously, with the World Cup, I mean, that that that's understandable. But I just want to make people aware that it's back and that we can watch it because for years in Ireland and the UK, we couldn't watch the top 14 legally. And now we can. Uh, and despite everything that's going on with Viaplay, they still have the rights. They're sh- still showing the games. It looks like they're going to go ahead and show the games to the URC this upcoming season. So that's a good news story. So let's talk about let's let's talk about their coverage, how many games they're going to do, how we can watch it, how much it's going to cost. Because if you do like your ruggers and you and you want to watch the top 14, um, I think it it, it is a good service. And, and same in Ireland w- with Premier Sports. So let's just kind of get into it. Um. We can talk about the broadcasters live v deferred. So basically, like this weekend's a perfect example. Um, we've got four games coming up on Viaplay, and with Viaplay, so basically, let's let's start and start. Sorry. So Viaplay have the rights in the UK for up to four games per weekend. In Ireland, Premier Sports have the same rights up to four games, but in general, um, Premier Sports tends to show maybe one, two the odd time three or four games, but they don't tend to show all four games per weekend. And the main reason for that is because they have the rights to the Premier League 3 p.m. Uh, kickoff. Um, so they 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 broadcast that those games in Ireland. So they don't have that that same availability on their on their linear channels. And Premier Sports also don't have their own dedicated streaming service. They stream their games via now. So with Viaplay, so yeah, this this begins a good example of that. So Viaplay have four games coming up, and and we'll touch on the actual games later on in the show. Um, so all four of those games are going to be on their linear channels plus streaming um at the same time on the app, which is great in terms of availability. But then in contrast to Ireland, this weekend Premier Sports are showing zero games live, and um, the four games that they do have the rights to will all be shown um, at deferred times, unfortunately, um, for fans in Ireland. So that's kind of just a, a quick overview of where we are. Um, but just, you know, how do we get here? That, that's the interesting thing. So this this story kind of broke um, only in July, actually. It was somebody who pointed it out and it, it did go kind of viral, I think. So and every source I looked up as well kind of verified it. So basically, when when Viaplay and Premier Sports, uh, it was actually Premier Sports at the time. This was pre uh, the Viaplay takeover for the UK um, side of the business. You know that that you know that those broadcast that broadcast agreement was for two years, and um, so it was due to expire. Um, the top fourteen rights, you know, this past summer, uh, and it turns out it didn't. And Viaplay and Premier Sports haven't come out with a, a press statement. They haven't made a press release. They haven't 
really said anything about. They've just started showing the season again, which I think is a bit mad. But yeah, so this story broke. I remember seeing it on Twitter. It went viral that, you know, both broadcasters were not going to show it. But then I actually got in touch with both of them. And it turns out they are. And, and, and so they are going to broadcast it for the upcoming season. Um, so it's we don't know. They, when, I, when I asked them how long the, the deal is going to be, it was at least one more year. So that's all we know in terms of length. Now, again, when I was told that by my source, that was in July. And then obviously since then, Viaplay have indicated that they are going to leave the UK market. So it's all up in the air. But look, where we are now is that for now, you're going to get up to, to four games uh, per weekend on Viaplay, either via their app, um, on their linear channels or both. Or you might be able to catch some games deferred. In Ireland, you'll get the same in terms of uh, the games, but you'll probably get less games live. Uh, no games will be exclusive on the app because they don't have one. Um, their games will be shown live on the linear channels. Um, also, interestingly, um, so I don't know if you remember, Hugh, I think you were quite rightly frustrated at this, and so were a lot of um, fans of the top 14. Do you remember the, the final last season? Viaplay made the decision yeah. not to broadcast it live on their linear channels. They have That's three linear point. channels and they did not broadcast the biggest game in the top 14 season um, on their linear channel. They, they did stream it. the quarters and the semis and the access game, which is the relegation playoff, um, but they didn't broadcast the final on their yeah. linear channels. You on the linear channels, which is frustrating because a lot of people, you know, have... Have, have Sky or Virgin Media and they watch linear channels all the time. They don't use the app. They might even have the app because the app isn't as readily available as linear channels. But anyway, um, they did show it on yeah on their app, but they didn't show it on their linear channel. But then this the news emerged, and I hadn't really heard of it to be honest. Was this French uh, you know free to wear broadcaster TV5 Mond, who uh, whose service is actually available in Ireland and in the UK to stream online for free. Um, so, again, they don't really have a linear presence here, but the good news, I think, that broke from this, and, and I did get confirmation that this coverage is going to continue into the, this season, is that the, the game was was made available for free. Um, and I think they even had English commentary, which which is brilliant. So that, um, so TV5 Mond, yeah, they have an app, it's free. Um, and they so for the upcoming season, uh, they are going to show games from round four, 24 on, they said, but they said they won't have confirmation of the actual games until May next year. But again, it's it's more free to wear rugby. And um, so it's going to include some regular round games, some knockout games and the final all for free, which I think is brilliant. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, last season, Premier Sports, thankfully did show the the top 14 uh, final for free in Ireland. Um, we don't have confirmation if that's going to be the case this season, but I'm sure it will. Uh, more to follow on that. Um, then I guess just moving on to highlights. I think, again, people love highlights. They talk about it all the time, but, you know, there there are highlights on both Premier Sports and Viaplay every week um, on Mondays. Um, so now, there it isn't really a magazine show. There isn't much discussion. It is kind of just highlights of the actual games. Yeah, um, there's like no, there's like no interview panel. No. Um, but again, it's a replay of all the, the games uh, with English commentary. So it is still a, a good product and it's it's on both um, services. So I think that's, you know, something that, that people should know. Yeah. But obviously you can you can catch your highlights on, on YouTube as well. Yeah. So the English commentary, I just want to say, is possibly my favourite English language commentary. Um, I, 
because of watching various uh, obscure rugby games, I, I catch a lot of different commentary in different languages. I don't speak them, but I, you get the gist. Um, but the uh, the English language commentary for the top 14, at least on VIA play, is excellent. So the lead commentator, um, I forget his name again. I'll make sure that I mention it in the in the comments in the description. Um, Johnny Beatty's like, one of them. He is um, yeah, Johnny Beatty, East Colcoms. He is brilliant so Johnny BT yeah. is obviously a, an ex-Scotland international who moved to play in France and has stayed there and currently still lives in, in the south of France I believe um, the commentator um, is bilingual as well so he'll translate everything that the ref is saying for you and when the players do interviews at half time or the end of the game he sits around and he translates that for you in real time as well it's like it's it's really excellent coverage and um, the best parts are when the games start getting exciting like for me, one of the most one of the reasons why I think people should watch the top fourteen is um, you get these incredible moments with star players. So watching Roman Intermac run in from his own half um, in the final last year for Toulouse, score the try to win the game, uh, was one of my top rugby moments of the last two or three years. It, it was like out of your seat kind of moment, like oh my god, I'm watching it. Someone who I truly believe will be a, a historic rugby player do something historic. And the commentator is doing it in English, doing it in English, and he just goes into French. He's like, "Say on say super," like as he's um, commentating on, on Roman Insomat doing this amazing thing. So yeah, hell of a, uh, a broadcast that they do, that the ones that they do broadcast. Exactly, um, and and that that that's a great shout. And yeah, Johnny Beattie is yeah, you can just tell he's a former player as well. He's excellent, and it's it's hilarious as well watching games and he sees a big hit and he always reacts. <laughs> Emotions always like, oh. um, so he really buys into it. Um, but that's what you want to see as well. And you can tell he knows almost every single player, every single team inside out, and uh, which is what you want, especially you know as fans in Ireland and the UK who aren't as familiar with the top fourteen or the players. Um, as he is so that he's definitely um, he definitely improves um, the product because also the commentators usually aren't they're never actually in the stadium and that you can tell that they are commentating from a you know not from live within the stadium so it, you, sometimes the atmosphere mightn't be as palpable and you know quite as yeah just noticeable um, but the lads thankfully uh, do, do make up for that um, so just just looking at kind of the upcoming season now Frustratingly, and yet another reason why I started my Twitter account, um, all the major competitions now. So you got URC, you got the Galar Premiership, you got the Top 14. In their domestic markets, they've all, you know, set their like, like with the URC especially, they have every single broadcaster of every single game named for the entire season, which I think is incredibly impressive. Uh, top 14, um, is not the same, but basically they've got, I think it's about quarter of the maybe even up to half between a quarter and a half of the season there and they do have their actually no excuse me i (laughs) i'm getting ahead of myself here so canal plus in france shows every single top 14 game so if you're living in france you know exactly how to watch you just need to get canal plus you're going to be able to to watch every game unfortunately in ireland and in the uk via play and premier sports do not release what games they're going to show for the entire season. They literally choose they they choose the week of the games. Um, and even more frustratingly, you know, it'll say on viaplay.com or on premiersportsireland.com, it'll say we're going to show this game on Friday. Um, and then two days later, the game isn't even being broadcast where the game was going to be showed on Viaplay Sports 1. Now it's just going to be 
um, available on the app. So that, that can be quite frustrating. Um, but again, it's another kind of good reason to keep an eye out, to sign up for our Substack, to keep an eye on me, my page on uh, Twitter and on the Pirate Rugby pod for, for those um, schedules. Because, yeah, it, they're they're impossible to predict. So, yeah, you have to find out on, on a weekly basis. But that's where we step in. Um, yeah, there was some last minute drama this weekend, wasn't there, with Via Play? With them, um, they, they put out what they were going to broadcast and then it changed last minute, didn't it? It did indeed, yeah. Um, then I did hear from a French journalist that the reason what they had to move one of the kickoff games, that's the main reason they did that. Um, right. But disappointingly, like this past weekend, there was only one game on on Premier Sports in Ireland. Um, and as things stand, it looks like, as I mentioned earlier, we're not going to get any games live. Um, which is frustrating. But look, we won't complain. We still we still have some coverage um, throughout the season, so that's what we want. Uh, so I just want to then just touch on, because again, we're trying to make rugby more accessible. We want to tell people exactly how you can watch it and how you can watch more and how you can watch the top 14. So, you know, in terms of how much does, we'll start off with, with, with Viaplay, like how much does it cost? So they actually have a couple of different options. Uh, which is good. Um, and interestingly, despite everything that's gone on in terms of them pulling out of the UK market, you can still sign up for a 12 month contract where you get a, uh, and again, all of these prices are correct at the time of recording. So that's um, Wednesday, the 23rd of August. So you can buy a 12 month contract at just 9.99 and a month, which I think is very good. Um, and again, you're going to get that top 14 coverage and you're also obviously going to get the URC. So I think that's really good. But they also have a rolling uh, plan, which is just 14.99 a month. Um, what else do they have? You can also sign up directly through Sky. You can sign up directly through Virgin Media. You can actually also sign up through uh, Prime Video channels, uh, which I think is very good. Um, so that's what you're looking at in terms of cost. Yeah, and so then I in terms the of app, just, sorry, sorry, mate, just to say, yeah, so I have away. the app. So I think, you know, obviously everyone's got different amounts of money, but I think if you compare the cost of Via Play to Sky or BT, it's obviously extremely good. Um, it's like a, a third of the price um, of those guys. Uh, and like you said, the, the URC stuff, you get every single game for free. So if you've got any South African listeners as, as well and you're moving to the UK, that's the thing to get. And then what I do is I Chromecast. So I've got a little Chromecast device that plugs into the back of my TV and you can I can connect my phone to that and it casts the, the app onto the TV. So that's my little uh, life hack anybody um who can only get the app and can't get it on their um tv uh linear channels i cast it and i would recommend that that is a really great way to to consume rugby yeah i just touched on that Hugh, and we'll put this in our sub stack this week as well like yeah as you're saying we can chromecast apple tv android tv google tv like there's a long there are, you know there's a list there of devices where you can get it um it's also on Roku, LG, a number of different devices. So we'll uh, put that in our Substack this week as well. Uh, and then in terms of their linear channels, um, all three channels are available on Sky. However, uh, Sky did recently launch new products like Sky Glass, their, their TV. They also la- launched a streaming box called Sky Stream. Unfortunately, those linear channels are actually not yet available on those devices, so just a heads up for any Sky customers or any Sky customers who are thinking of upgrading to those devices and do like Top 14. However, there is a workaround because you can still access, obviously, Amazon. And as I did mention previously, you can get um, their content. Uh, you can get Viaplay's channels through Amazon uh, directly. And obviously, you could you could just plug in a HDMI and cast, as we said. 
Uh, it's all the linear channels also available on Virgin Media and Prime Video, as I just said. Um, and yeah, and the app uh, uh, through all those devices as well, uh, which we'll put in our Substack. Third shout out, but probably our fifth shout out for the Substack uh, in this week's. The Substack is recording. great, guys. Sign up to it, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then moving on to Ireland, um, it's a little bit, is it more straightforward? Maybe not, but there are a couple of different options. Most of you are probably familiar, but just to quickly run through it, um, as I said earlier, Premier Sports does not have a streaming um, app in Ireland. They, um, Sky are basically responsible for distributing all of uh, Premier Sports content. So if you want to just stream and you want to be on a rolling uh, contract, the, the easiest way to do it is to sign up um, through nowtv.com, which is recently you know, it's now called now. I don't know why they changed the name, but they did. Um, and it's 39, 33.99 a month. Um, but bearing in mind, you do get the obviously top 14. You obviously do get the URC with that. And uh, that includes your TNT sports. So you're also getting the Gallagher Premiership. You're getting the Heineken Champions Cup. You're getting the Challenge Cups. You're getting all that for virtually 34 quid a month on a rolling contract. And, you know, I think there, there's, I don't know if you've seen this a lot, um, Hugh, there, there's been an awful lot of chat um, at the moment around the amount of piracy that's going on because of obviously how expensive um, we wouldn't know it is to watch that. sports <laughs> in terms of how expensive it is uh, to watch, you know, um, your Sky Sports, your TNT, blah, 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 um, legally. Now, one thing I will say is customers, I think, also need to be very savvy about when they're signing up to something. So, you know, like if you go on to nowtv.com right now and, and you, you, you sign up for uh, the sports extra package, which is where you get Premier Sports, you you won't pay 34 quid. You'll probably pay half that, or you, I think the current offer is 16.99 for maybe three or four months. So I think people need to kind of bear that in mind as well. Like I think a lot of people might think, look, top 14s on that sports package, it's 34 quid. It's way too expensive. But the offers are always out there, and with these sports packages, they all tend to usually be on 31 day rolling contracts. So sign up and then cancel as soon as your offer ends, and then sign up again. Um. So that's one place it's available um, and probably, yeah, for the younger viewers who probably mainly watch content on now, it, it, that's a great way of getting them. But you can also get it through your traditional means like Sky. You can get you can get the sports extra package added on for 34 quid. It's also available on Virgin Media for 34 quid. And it's also available with Vodafone and um, for an additional 40 euro a month. Now, again, all of those prices I listed are uh, the full price. You will get cheaper prices. Um, if you're signing up for the first time or if you're smart with them, um, if you do change your providers every every year or every couple of months or whatever it is. But I think it's, it's kind of once with, with all this piracy check going on, I think people need to always just bear in mind as well. You can get the existing packages, which are expensive at full price at a cheaper rate. And if you're just smart about it and you set reminders about when your offers are ending and stuff, do that and you can enjoy content. So um, Sky in the UK have done the thing where if you threaten to leave, they'll drop your price. Because if you say I'm leaving because it's too expensive, they'll say, oh, OK, you can have it less for a, a limited time. Yeah. But I, I, that has happened to me in the past. Um, yeah. So that, that's just something you could do. By the way, if people want to know about why everything we're talking about here is on uh, behind the paywall channels and not on free to air, um, head over to episode two of our podcast in our YouTube, where Ender takes us through why sports and particularly rugby basically has to be on paywall tv so check that out if you want to learn a bit more about that okay cheers you and that's pretty much it for my deep dive on how to watch the top 14 we will get into obviously at the end of the show uh the games that are coming up on both um, providers 
um, this coming weekend. But hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed that and find that useful. Um, and yeah, that's it for the uh, deep dive this week. Yeah, what are we moving on to? Tier two roundup, is it? Tier two roundup. Here we go. Right. There was loads of tier two rugby this week, so there's plenty to get through. We're going to start off, as promised, with France versus Fiji. So speaking of broadcasting rights, this it blows my mind. Fiji, the ninth ranked team in the in the world. This was the first time this year that people in the UK and Ireland could watch them legally in a game. And it was away to France. So that that's that's kind of shows the kind of mire that tier two rugby is in from a broadcast point of view. And it's going to be the same with Romania when we talk about them in a minute. Um, Georgia, we haven't been able to watch legally at all in 2023 so far. Um, anyway, moving on. So France versus Fiji, mate. So hell of a game. Um, France put out a bit of a changed side. Um, uh, it was our first opportunity to see where Fiji were based off what was quite an easy Pacific Nations Cup for them, uh, as we covered in our last pod, episode three, where we did our Fiji deep dive. Um, this was kind of the first proper test. Now, like I say, it was a France side, but I will say that France, I thought, played exceptionally well in this game. And they they treated Fiji with a ton of respect. So I think in the first 10 minutes, France opted for the post three times and kicked them. Their fullback um, had a great day off the tee uh, and kicked them. And I think that clearly France had taken that on as a sort of uh, a clear tactic into the game of like, don't get, we're not here to chuck it about, guys. We're here to win this game. Um, and yeah. they did exactly that. Um, so it finished three tries to two to France. It finished 34-17. But I really don't think that that was a reflection of the game at all, personally. Fiji never quit in this game. Fiji were in it the whole time. And they got quite close uh, in the third quarter of the game. They got they managed to close the gap a bit. One of France's tries was an intercept, which are always a killer. I always say an intercept try. They happen, and sometimes it's it's yeah okay, it might be an individual's mistake, but um, yeah, you can't really you, you'd say that if the game was played again, obviously you'd expect that not to happen. So the scoreline I don't think reflected the game. I thought Fiji were really good value. Uh, Caleb Munts, who's their new ten, looks to the manner born with Test match rugby. He he looks like a real class act. He's going to be Fiji's ten for a long time, I think. Um, playing obviously with the Drua. Um, one thing about once though, I will say though, was um, he doesn't really kick out of hand very much. So almost all of the kicking that Fiji did was off nine and it wasn't really contestable kicks. He was kicking it quite long. I don't know whether that was on purpose or maybe he just wasn't executing it quite right. It was Lamani. He was at, te- at nine. Um, so, yeah, so I'd say that's probably the gap that Fiji kind of had to France. Um, one thing that Fiji did do, though, was they made 332 post-contact metres. They had one particular carry, I think it was quite early on in the second half, um, where uh, it was one of the wingers um, took it up midfield, took contact and just kept going and got about 20 metres. I think um, Stephen Ferris on Will Genia, uh, that, kind of that kind of a situation. Um, so, yeah. So what did you make of it, mate? I've given my spiel there. Yeah, look, it, it just kind of reinforced uh, the progress they've made. And I know our deep dive, you you definitely touched on that um, and seeing that cohesion because of the Drua. Like to me, it just reinforces that good news story. And I think Fiji are definitely going in the right direction. Looking at their pool as well, it's, you know, they got Australia, Wales, Georgia, Portugal. It's not inconceivable that they make it out. It really, really isn't. 
Um, and I think that's what that's what's exciting. And and after that performance against France, like like I remember on a previous pod on a different podcast, um, I had Wales and Australia go through. But after that performance, I really think they can do it. My only big concern, which is always a concern, I think, with Fiji is their set piece. And that's where they can be really put under pressure. Um, but looking at that group, like it's it's definitely on. It's definitely possible. And I think that's a good thing. That's a good news rugby story. You know, that we, we've we've talked a lot today about some of the, the horrific sides of rugby and, and the consequences of it. But I think that the Fiji, the Druid story, all that, that's a, it's a good story. Um, and yeah, but look, they, they looked good and they definitely look competitive. And they look like they're in much better position than the other Pacific Island nations. Um, so roll on the World Cup, I say. Yeah, here, here. Um, so next tier two game. So this one was on Amazon as well. So it was Italy versus Romania. So this clashed with um, the Irish game. Uh, Ireland versus England, frustratingly. So um, being the, the noble person that I am, I watched the Romania-Italy game. <laughs> and... Uh, First thing I'll say was that the broadcast on Amazon was excellent. It was so refreshing. I, sometimes I find tier one tests, particularly between, you know, if it's all Six Nation teams or if it's all rugby championship teams, it can feel like a bit hard work at times because it's all so like intense and it's all we everyone knows each other so well and it's the same thing over and over. Whereas this felt like something really fresh and the the um, the two comms, it was two female commentators. I thought they were absolutely outstanding. I'm thrilled that the lead com has been picked up by ITV now as well, and she's going to be leading some of the broadcasts uh, in the World Cup uh, in the UK broadcast. So I'm, that, I'm delighted about that. Cat uh, Merchant as well. Um, if anyone's thinking, where have I heard the name Cat Merchant? If you go on Twitter and you see a woman who's absolutely hench and looks like she could fold you in half and post, post you through a letterbox, that's her. Right. And she was on CoComs and she was fantastic as well. Um, so, yeah. So the game, unfortunately, wasn't a contest. Um, it was 57-7 to Italy. And this follows up um, Romania's 56-6 defeat um, to uh, Georgia the week before. See who they got this week. They've got, oh, they're not playing a game this week, probably for the best because they would have probably lost 58-8. Um, so yeah, unfortunately not a close game. A stat that I picked up over the weekend, Romania are on their something like tenth halfback pairing in eleven games. How yeah. how do you how do you even do that? That's incredible. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, you know, I, I got a fear for them a little bit going into to the World Cup. But for Italy, it was a, it was a confidence builder. Paolo Adogu, formerly of Wasps. Uh, was in yeah. a couple of England training camps, scored his first try for Italy. Fantastic, huge smile on his face, delighted for the guy. Uh, after his disappointing experience with England, um, I'm, I'm thrilled to see him. He's now signed for Benetton, so we're going to be seeing plenty of him in the URC, which is yeah. good. And he's named the World Cup squad as well, readily. Yeah. Yeah, so, so brilliant really? story. Uh, URC taking more players out of the English Premiership is always a good thing. Um, uh, so, yeah, oh, and final highlight of that game, um, the commentator referred to uh, uh, Ange Capuzzo. Am I saying that right? The Italian fullback, Capuazzo. I'll say you were. Capuazzo, that's the one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, referred to him as a blockbuster pixie um, during the game. Here he goes, the blockbuster pixie. And the only people who watch that game will know that, apart from you now, because I told you. Anyway, um, but he was running past people for fun. It was his first game back after he had a pretty horrible injury. Um, and he just 
I think he made something like 300 meters in the game on his own. Right, ridiculous. Absolutely do. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so that was that one. Um, Samoa v. Barbarians. This game was briefly on YouTube until Sam's Stan Sport stuck a copyright claim on it. Um, it. It was pretty scratch Barbarian side. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, why would a Barbarians game not be broadcast properly? Like, why would the Barbarians yeah. not put it out on their YouTube channel or something? What's the point of the Barbarians? Yeah, it's frustrating, but it's yeah, for me. It's 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 probably cost, and but it, yeah. It's yeah, especially probably. like I know it's it's a discussion for another day, but like the fact that where rugby didn't broadcast the tier two games this year, like was it even the Pacific Nations Cup? Like it wasn't broadcast. Like, but it has to be a cost thing. Uh, it's the only explanation. Like I'm sure they but, would. Yeah, like, but if you if you look at maybe the... they're still suffering from like from COVID. So I don't know. Like it's like you have like it's yeah. Well, frustrating. Yeah, so. Tonga versus Canada wasn't broadcast in the midweek game because apparently there isn't the infrastructure in Tonga to broadcast games. That yeah. That's shameful. Someone at World Rugby needs to sort that out. Anyway, um, so the game, Samoa won 28-14. Uh, the interesting point for Samoa's point of view is it was Lima Sopawanga's debut for Samoa. So he oh, wow. and Christian Liliafano are the two tens for Samoa going in to the World Cup. Obviously, Sabuanga, former All Black, Leofano, former Wallaby. Um, mm-hmm. That is huge for them. That is a complete game changer for Samoa. Um, and that that is going to start winning them games just by itself, having those two in their team, I reckon. Okay, so, uh, last two. Sorry, go on, mate. No, I was just going to say who else played. Yeah, I think it was Uruguay, Argentina was the other one we we're going to touch, right? Yeah, touch Uruguay, on. Not, Argentina. not Argentina's first team, obviously. I think it was their, their, their second string side i think they called it argentina yeah. 15 argentina 15 sometimes known as argentina b i think we're gonna have to do a deep dive on argentina 15 at some point mate because they don't lose many games and they play a lot mm-hmm. but anyway yeah uh, uruguay were the first team that uh uruguay uh, argentina 15 played and didn't beat um so that's something in itself argentina 15 beat chile beat namibia beat a bunch of other sides in the last few years um but Uruguay beat them quite comfortably, 33-13. I think it was something like five or six tries to one. So that's great. Uh, Uruguay are exciting. Uruguay are going to be the next Georgia, I think, uh, in terms of being um, a real presence on the rugby um, landscape. And they are, they're not sitting on their laurels. They're, they've got ambitions to go places. So that's, that's good. And then finally, last one was Georgia versus USA. Um, how bad is USA's kit? It looks like pajamas. That's Castor for you. But anyway, moving on. Um, it wasn't a thriller. There's a there's a couple of guys on Twitter who um, we follow. If you follow us on Twitter, we share their stuff all the time. So keep your eye out. Um, apparently, it wasn't a thriller of a game. It was 22-7. Uh, apparently, Georgia didn't play particularly well. But uh, fullback Nini Ashville scored a very nice try. Uh, uh, so that's good. USA themselves also scored a nice backs move off a line out went wide and then cut back in. It was a really nice flowing move. Um, but I think the only thing I want to say is anybody going into the World Cup and thinking Georgia, the stereo- what's the stereotype about Georgia? Scrums. Scr- they're a scrumming yeah. team. Georgia are not, do not play 10-man rugby. Okay. The Ospreys in Wales, they play 10-man rugby. Georgia play an all-court game. They kick, their backs run, they've got gas. 
they're, they're coming on leaps and bounds. And if you watch what their under 20s team did in the summer, in the under 20s championship, pushed the All Blacks in the in the sixth place playoff, fifth or sixth place playoff. Um, Georgia are, uh, are getting better all the time. Um, so they're going into the World Cup full of confidence after a, after a good summer. And they got Scotland this weekend. So uh, a fellow tier two rival. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, mate. Um, so yeah, uh, so the Pro Day Deux was back. So this wasn't broadcast anywhere, was it? Or was it? No, no it, wasn't. Uh, it used to be broadcast on Eurosport. Um, but unfortunately, uh, it's been, yeah, hasn't been renewed. So we have no legal way of watching the Pro Day Deux, which is a shame. I don't know we're going to touch on now because of the amount of talent that that's simply playing in that league. But yeah, no legal way to watch it, unfortunately. Yeah, so uh, I kept an eye on it because there's been a bit of ex- an exodus in Wales of players. So like top tier international players in Wales uh, are now playing in the Pro Dead because there's no contracts in Wales. So that's kind of mental. So stealing an idea completely from Jared Wright, who does SAFs abroad, I'm now doing TAFs abroad. So if anybody doesn't know, a TAF is a colloquialism for someone who's from Wales. Um, and we're going to start off the first installment of TAFs Abroad talking about Reese Webb and Tyler Morgan playing for Beer Ritz in the first game of the Pro Day Deux this season. So uh, Beer Ritz won. All the people who tell you, oh, the Pro Day Deux is mad, and you think, oh, yeah. No, it really is. Jump on YouTube and watch the highlights of this game. It was mental. There was a guy sent off for swinging an elbow. Um the live text said that Reese Webb scored a try in the first minute and then converted it himself. Unfortunately, not quite true, but it was everyone got on Twitter got excited about it uh, when it was reported. That was I genuinely thought that was true until about three, four seconds ago. What he didn't was this just no, a lie? Flash Flash score, who I used to ah. cut, um, catch all the scores, said he converted his own try. He did not. If you watch the highlights. Sad times because I got Squidge Rugby involved in it and everything. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, uh, the other thing that happened to Reese Webb is he had his standing foot completely taken out by a 12 on the floor. It was a horror tackle. Like, I don't know if he's corrupt now, but it was he was doing a box kick and the 12 crawls on the floor like a leopard and just goes bang, takes his standing foot, a la what people said they were going to do um, for Glasgow against Munster. We don't talk about that. Um, so that was a shocker. Referee gave nothing. Referee says play on. Jouet. <laughs> Jouet, Jouet. Uh, but yeah, so Reese Webb scored a try. Uh, Tyler Morgan, formerly of Dragons, Wales and Scarlets, also scored a try. Uh, a really nice one. Uh, cutting back against the grain off a line out, beat about four players. Um, great footwork, great pace. Um, but yeah, mental game. There's a highlight edit on YouTube of this that will give you a headache. Um, I'm not going to give away too much, but some of it, but not all of it, is in double speed. So that's nice. Who else? Who are the other Tafts abroad? Uh, Sam Davis made his debut for Grenoble. So former Wales, Ospreys and Dragons fly half. Uh, he kicked, uh, he basically kicked the team to victory off the tee. Uh, Grenoble won despite, so red cards don't ruin games under, um, they were down to 14 men for a crock roll. So in France, you can get red carded for yeah. a crock roll now. So that happened. Um, that was horrific. Uh, Ross Moriarty captained Brive. Um, uh, Irish Brive, guy for Brive. <laughs> Brive, Brive, Brive. Anyway, he made his first game for that team and he captained them. Uh, they lost, I believe. It was a big game. They were playing Argen, Argen, Argen. Um, 
yeah, which is a big game. And I think those two will be some of the favourites to go up. Go the other teams, uh, players who play for that, Sam Johnson or, yeah, Sam Johnson, formerly Scotland centre, plays for them, as does Stuart Alding. Um, he didn't play yeah, in this game, Monster. but he uh, he plays um, over there in France as well now. And then finally, uh, one other, it's not a taff, but I've got to mention it. Jimmy Gopperth is signed for Provence. So he's about 40. He's literally 40 years old. <laughs> he is literally 40 this year. Legend. Brilliant player. Earn the money, mate. Earn the money. Um, right. And then not pro dead, but Will Griff John made his debut for Racing 92 in a move that only his agent thinks makes sense. <laughs> a guy could not get a game for the Scarlets, but is now playing for Racing 92. Um, and then Alan jones made his debut for Toulon, got yellow carded. Uh, speaking to Rugby Toulon on Twitter, no one knows why. He got a yellow card. No one knows why. But apparently they were showing his image in the stands on the big screen and everyone cheered. So that was nice. Um, and then, uh, again, not a Welshman, but Sione Cannon on the phony, formerly of the Scarlets, has signed for Vaughan in the Pro Day de, Or has he? More on that later, because apparently not all is well. So anyway, keep up to date on that. Uh, you can catch, uh, if you subscribe to the Pro Day de on YouTube, there's the highlights for all the games. Uh, in French, but you can get the gist of it. Uh, and they also do a tries of the week package as well. So that's Alan Morgan try talked about is in there and things as well. And we'll share that on the Pirate Rugby Twitter every week is Pro Day tries of the week. Um, so yeah, so that was it, mate. So moving on then to very quickly touch on the top 14, which we've talked about uh, in your deep dive. So what were the what were the televised games and what were the results in those then this week, mate? So I think the Friday night game was. Bayonne, uh, who played Toulouse, uh, and they won, actually. Um, some atmosphere as well. I don't know if you've seen some of the clips. Um, I think they've won the best. I think they sold it out. It's, they've won the best uh, group of sports, I think, in the top 14, Bayonne do. So, and that was a great result for them. Good start to the season. Uh, Racing uh, also had a win. I forget who Racing were playing. Um, Racing will... beat... Two seconds. Uh, Racing beat Bayonne. You know, Oh, no, no, it must have been Bordeaux, sorry. Bordeaux. It was Bordeaux, yeah, that's right, yeah. That's and then it was, then the other Saturday game that was broadcast was Lyon uh, v Toulon, which Lyon won. And then the Sunday fixture was Montpellier, uh, who actually beat La Rochelle. Um, and I think La Rochelle have Lyon coming up uh, this weekend, so that'll be interesting to watch. Are we all, we've all seen that clip of O'Gara uh, doing his best uh, French um, with, yeah, with a few curse words thrown in, which is brilliant. I don't know if you see. I'm sure you've seen the clip. It's brilliant. And yeah. um, yeah. he is such a yeah. yeah he's Sorry, he's such say, like he's yeah. Sorry, we're talking over each other. Ogara was coaching um, La Rochelle, and uh, Richard Cockrell was coaching Montpellier. So it was two sets of facial expressions <laughs> that they kept getting to because in France they're allowed on the touchline. So obviously in the UK everyone's yeah. up in the coaches' box and things. On, on France, NFL is touchline. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what are you gonna say? Um, no, no, that's right. Just yeah, he's such a phenomenal. Like yeah, if everyone knows he is, but he is. Like it's it's worth reiterating how much. But yeah, he's a brilliant character, brilliant coach. The sad thing is as well, I think from an Irish perspective, especially from a Munster perspective, is that he's not probably ever gonna coach Munster. He's, like if he ever does come back to Ireland, it's gonna be for the top gig, um, which is disappointing for from a Munster perspective. But yeah. He is such a legend. 
If um, I was him, I'd, I'd coach Connacht and then I'd win the URC with Connacht just to show everyone how good I was. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so that was that. Uh, um, one thing I will just say on the top 14, it is the slowest and the lowest scoring of all the major leagues. Like We love it and we watch it every week and we want everyone else to watch it. Just don't think you're getting super rugby except in French. It is like a completely different game. It's very forward dominated. It's very few line breaks, few tries and things. There's a lot of kicking for goal. Um, but that's fine. Some people like that. Yeah. I've got someone, I, I know a guy who plays rugby and he says that it should be scrums and line outs and that's all he wants from rugby. He doesn't want. And look at the attendances as well. Like, Sorry to go to grass, but like if you look at the attendance, like when like personally, when I watch it, I get a bit frustrated at how slow it is. But look at the crowds that turn up. Like look at the massive like the, the TV league that like those broadcast rights dwarf and um, the uh, URC and the Gallagher Premiership rights. So obviously it's it's a major product, and maybe it's maybe it's like we can definitely look at this maybe another day. Like how how come those attendances so high? Is because there is promotion and there is relegation? Um. Is it because they've got the biggest stars? Like, who knows? But it's yeah, like, the, you know, the, like you often say, like, oh, it's like if the products go for score, if there are loads of line breaks, loads of tries, like that'll get people in. Well, the top 14 kind of goes against that, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, the, anyway. the, the, if you compare the Pro Day data to like the English Championship, it's not, you can't compare. It's a completely different, it's a yeah. completely different product. And the attendance figures are incredible. Yeah. I've got to go to one. I want to go to a, a Rev, Rev, Rev game. Um, right. if I can learn how to say it, I'll go. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that was that. So what about NPC then, mate? So there's NPC happening literally all the time because there's about three games it seems per week. <laughs> yeah. So what um, what was the results this week then? Yeah, so the three games. Uh, well, I know that North Norton beat uh, Tasman, which is a you know that's a big result. Uh, really sorry, Northern. Yeah, and then yeah. also this morning. I know Wellington were playing. Who were Wellington playing this morning? Tasman again. It was Tasman, Tasman again. Had, yeah. Tasman wow, had two okay, games in yeah. five days. And did I see the risk? Is it, was it actually 7 0 to Wellington? Was that the According final score? score? Yeah. Yes. We need to double check that. Um, so it that is, sounds it like is, it was a, it, a cracker. It is the bleak midwinter in New Zealand at the moment. So, And the, the, New, the Kiwis do not like playing in the rain. So maybe that's what it was. <laughs> um, so they're the two kind of stats. Haven't Leinster beat Zebra 3-0 twice? That could be true, but we need to fact check that. <laughs> now, just don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Anyway. <laughs> um, so in terms of the standings in the NPC, we've got Taranaki now, who uh, are out on top with four wins from four. Uh, followed by Hawks Bay in second, Wellington in third, and Canterbury in fourth. But yeah, 14 teams um, in that league. So I know we've been going on about how, how high scoring it is, and then there's a game that ends 7-0. But yeah, let's 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 just blame the weather uh, on that one. Uh, moving well, on then to the the Scottish Super Six. Did you? If you want high scoring, Scottish Super Not Six Summer Series, because there's seven of them. Um, that's where you want to go. So it's just non-stop tries. So Future 15, which is the new team, the one that makes it seven and not six, um, they took 90. They took um, wow. 90 points off the wall. At least it wasn't so 100. Yeah, at least it wasn't 100. Take the positives. Um, 
but yeah, it was tries all over the place. Harriet's uh, were defeated by the Bulls. Um, Harriet looked good up until then. Um, uh, Bears beat the Knights. Good, good team names. And then obviously the other team um, had a bye week. Um, but now Bulls um, sit top of the league, but Watsonians are just behind them. So Watsonians had a bye, um, but they've got a game in hand. Okay, I think that covers all of the tier two rugby, mate. Just about. Um, what other bits of tier two rugby news might we just need to touch on before we say goodbye? I guess one thing we need to chat about is like we're all really excited about uh, Springboks v the All Blacks this coming Friday. Um, but England and Fiji, I think they've only sold. I think England have only sold forty thousand tickets. I believe the top uh, tier of the stadium is going to be completely closed off that's very disappointing like there are you know myriad of reasons as to why that's the case but you know a couple of weeks after world cup it's, it's not a good look for, for england rugby is it no no it's, it's quite crazy that you know um people have been talking about wales attendances and things uh, in cardiff but we've never been as low as forty thousand. like that's unbelievable really um and like you say uh spring box versus the all blacks is in twickenham the night before that's a sellout so mm, yeah, you can see why the Ospreys, you can see why the URC are looking at staging games in London. If you can attract that many South African fans to a game in London. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Fiji versus England. If, if Twickenham will look very empty with only 40,000 in it, and it's 80,000 capacity, I think. Yeah, and the atmosphere is going to be non-existent. Yeah, you're barely able to hear them sing sweet swing low for no reason. Anyway, at least we'll hear the players celebrating. <laughs> yeah, when they PG knock it on in their own 10 meter line, we'll be able to hear Ben L screaming his head off. Anyway, let's not be horrible. Right, last bit of news. Um, so, MLR news, uh, Major League Rugby out of USA. Um, rugby ATL, which was the Atlanta based franchise, are not going to be in Atlanta moving forward. So, they've been taken over by a new ownership group and they're moving to Los Angeles. Now, for people who don't know the landscape of America, those two places are not near to each other. Um, one's not quite on the East Coast, but to the East. And obviously, LA is on the West Coast. Um, so the statement put out by the owners was, as we focus on the well-being of our players, we are happy to announce Los Angeles is the location for the new ownership group of Rugby ATL, said Nick Benson, CEO of MLR. Uh, MLR continues to work with Rugby ATL players and staff to provide the best next steps for everyone impacted by this transition. That feels to me, you know, I'm not trying to be horrible again, that feels to me like they're going to lay everybody off and employ new people uh, in LA. I don't know, mate, am I being pessimistic? Yeah, hopefully it's not the case. I mean, it's some, yeah, it's some ask for players and staff to, to make that move and MLR players are not making a lot of money. So, no, that yeah. Was a bit of a when like people like Ma Nonu and that all signed for New York and things. No, Ma Nonu doesn't play for New York anyway. Um, everyone thought, oh, it must be big bucks then. It's, it's not. It's not. No. No. Um, definitely a, a, a conversation for another two. We can definitely touch on the MLR since we can actually watch it here legally. Um, right. So I think maybe we, that probably brings us on to our last section. I'm not going to go through the full list of fixtures uh, that are being shown on your TV screens this weekend. I'm just going to go through the highlight, um, you know, the big highlights. 
um, because again, you'll be able to see these. Uh, they'll be out tomorrow, um, the full guide. But probably the biggest game for me of the weekend is on Friday, which we talked about, which is New Zealand are playing South Africa. Uh, both teams have put out extremely strong um, starting 15, so that's going to be great. That's at 7.30. What channel is it on? It is on Sky Sports Mix and Sky Showcase. Um, so the good news is, if you do have access to Sky Mix or Sky Showcase, um, first of all, you don't have to be a Sky Sports subscriber. So that's the biggest thing. So that's good news um, for people. Uh, and the second thing as well is that those two channels are widely available. So they're not exclusive to Sky. So that's a good news story, I think. Uh, what else? So we'll have to touch on top 14 fixtures since uh, the uh, top 14 is the focus of our deep dive. So there are four games uh, coming up this weekend. The first is, um, sorry, four games being broadcast uh, there are plenty like the top 14 games i think there's something like there's something like between six and eight games a week uh around but anyway friday we've got start on say v oina that's at 805 and that's being shown on Viaplay sports on their linear channel plus uh, on one of their linear channels sorry and on their app um what other top 14 games are we got la rochelle v leon at two o'clock uh, on Viaplay, and we also have the eight, yeah, the 805 fixture on Saturday is Toulon v Bayonne, and there's also a Sunday fixture between Toulouse and Montpellier, and that's at 805. So yeah, all those games as things stand are on Viaplay's linear channels and on their app. Unfortunately, none of those games are being shown live here in Ireland for whatever reason. Other big games that come up this weekend's do we call England v Fiji game? Well, look, we are a tier two podcast. Let's call England v Fiji. That's a big game. That's a 3.15 on Saturday. That's on Amazon in the UK and on Premier Sports in Ireland. Um, other big games, Scotland are playing Georgia at half five. Unfortunately, that game does clash with Italy v Japan at the exact same time. Um, all of those games are being shown on Amazon in the UK and in Premier Sports in Ireland. Ireland are also playing Samoa on Saturday night, and that's at a quarter to eight, and that's on RT2 and the RT player, and it's on Amazon in the UK. Um, so they're probably the, the highlights. Actually, no, cannot forget about Sunday and France yes. beat Australia at a quarter to five. Again, Amazon in the UK. Eddie's last chance to get a win before the World Cup. In Ireland, yeah, that's that's going to be a cracking game. Um, so they're just some of the highlights. There are more games on. Again, we'll have the full schedule for you guys tomorrow. Uh, along with the kickoffs and everything. But yeah, I think we've got, there are 16 games being shown in the UK this weekend, 12 in Ireland. So I think that's that's definitely a good news story. Um, so I think that pretty much rounds up the, uh, the upcoming fixtures. Yeah, so that's our pod, guys. Uh, a lot of rubby to get through, but I think we talked about it well. Um, we are passionate about representing everybody on this pod um, and going through all of the games and not excluding anybody. So uh it's good and tune in next week where we'll tell you about everything that has happened if you haven't been able to watch any of the games um that we just run through tune in and we'll tell you all about it so yeah so cheers mate uh same again next week um have a good week everybody thanks everyone enjoy the ruggers sports social podcast network step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.